The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and by Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Well, my next guest, Butch Patrick, was always a very busy working actor. Even though he's best known for portraying Eddie Munster, he also appeared on The Untouchables, The Real McCoys, Rawhide, The Monkees, and a ton of other TV shows. I've got him on the line right now in Los Angeles. Butch, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Jim. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, welcome to the show. And, and by the way, congratulations. I hear that you were married recently. And it was for the first time, right? Yeah, first time, exactly. 30, 63 years old, first time getting married. Slow, a slow learner. Very unusual. By now, you should have been married three or four times, right, in Hollywood? Exactly. You've got a lot of stuff going on now, but uh, looking back as a kid, was TV something when you started out, something that you wanted to do? Oh, well, you know, at seven years old, not, I don't think too many children actually make a decision, you know, consciously to say, okay, I want to do television. It's, I think most, most situations and most stories would be a sort of, sort of a, uh, circumstances presented themselves and then it just sort of took on a mind of its own. For me, it was my little sister was going to take some photos to do some print modeling and uh, an agent that was with an adult agency decided to open up the first exclusive children's agency and was looking for a client. And during the photo shoot, I was along for the ride. They took a few pictures of me after they were done with her. And the guy who took the picture had a, uh, he was a fairly famous photographer in Hollywood. And he put my picture in his window on Hollywood Boulevard. And a producer and a director were walking by. And they spotted the picture, had a funny look to it. They said, we're, pe- we're casting this little B movie. Uh, do you know how we can get in touch with this person? And the guy goes, well, he's not an actor. And they go, well, we're not, we're not worried about whether he can act. We're looking for the face. And then uh, it turned out to be a great little B movie starring Eddie Albert, Jane Wyatt, Snoopy Sales, Brenda Lee. And wow. Nicole, and... I got the I got the I got the part, and then during before that went into production, I did another interview, and it was a little series called General Hospital, which I got. Yeah. And then I got a, a Kellogg's a Kellogg's Cornflakes commercial, all of my first three interviews. So it came kind of naturally to me, and I could do the job, and the rest just kind of just kept snowballing. You were getting a lot of parts. You were on a lot of shows before the Munsters came along. What do you recall about the audition process, and then getting the part as Eddie Munster? Well, I was always impatient, so the audition process, you know, sitting and waiting and, you know, waiting in a room with a bunch of kids and a bunch of kids and a bunch of kids, and then we lived pretty far away from the studio, so it was always a long drive to get there, so on that part, I didn't really care for too much. The work didn't bother me at all. It was the process of getting to the point of getting hired, and it's one of the reasons I kind of got out of the business as a teenager and a young adult is I thought, how long do I have to continue to go on these auditions before somebody notices that I can do the job and I might be able to get a strip mailed to me like the adults do. Right. And it was one of those things because I understand the process, but you know, after as much work as I had done, I really felt that maybe I should have been a little, I mean, not to be, I wasn't trying to be difficult or a prima donna, but at the same time, it was going back and seeing the same casting directors over and over and over who'd seen you for 10 years and hired you. I just thought the process, because you started off as a kid, it was difficult to break away from them thinking of you as a kid. Yeah. Having, you know, interviewed some of the people from Leave it to Beaver, which was also a Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier production, mm-hmm. they they always talked about Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers would say that it was a very kid-friendly set, and I'm assuming it was that way for you as well on the Munsters. Yeah, I mean, the same crew mentioned with Leave it to Beaver, and then uh, all the major, all the actors in our cast all had kids about my age. Fred actually drew children's books and wrote children's books. 
Uh, Al had a PhD in child psychology. Yvonne had two boys my age. Pat had two boys my age. So, yeah, it was very kid-friendly. And it was great because I was the only kid on the Universal lot for two years unless we had a guest star to come in to help me out. And, uh, you know, it could get lonely, but at the same time, I used to go explore and go visit everybody around the lot, and they all were very, very nice to me. I know that you were a fan of the George Barris automobiles that you guys used on that show, and, and that's one of the things you do. You'd hang out at his shop, right? Yeah, and I actually wound up buying two tribute cars. I have a Munster Coach and a Dragula right now in my position. Nice. I've been touring the last, the last year and a half doing automotive events, which I really enjoy, racetracks, drag racing. We, we, we recreate the Hot Rod Herman scene from the uh, the episode where Grandpa built the Dragula to win the car back. So, yeah, it's all very good. And I imagine that you learned quite a bit working with pros like uh, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis and Yvonne DiCarlo. I mean, what a what a great training ground. It really was. And, you know, and before that, I was lucky enough to be around Walter Brennan and Richard Crenna on The Real McCoys. Yeah. And the likes of Edward G. Robinson played my grandfather. So I was around really good strong. Burt Lancaster, Judy Garland. I was around very strong people, and I learned a lot from them. Is it true that the Beatles actually visited the set of the Munsters, and you weren't there on that day? That did happen. <laughs> and I was so bummed. I was so I was so bummed out that nobody even bothered to give me a uh, autograph picture. Oh my God! Well, after after the Munsters, I know that you went on to do uh, to continue to to work. I remember seeing you not too long ago on a. It was a repeat of the Monkees. That must have been really cool to be on that show. You know, it wasn't the Beatles, but at the same time, the Monkees were pretty darn popular. And in America, that second season, the Monkees had really come on strong. And I was uh, very honored to have been chosen to do that part, especially the Christmas show, which, in my opinion, was the best episode they ever did. Yeah. Because of the way they introduced, they introduced the, the uh, crew after the show, and they, they sang Rio Chu, you know, acapella. Right. That was a very, very nice episode to be associated with. Uh, then you went on to do Lidsville for Sid and Marty Croft. Those guys were really crazy. I mean, their shows were, Lidsville especially, was very psychedelic, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a lot of references in there to all their shows of that nature. And it was, uh, you know, psychedelic fifties in the early 70s. <laughs> it was a wild time in some summer of 71. So you're doing this new series, Property Horrors. It actually sounds very interesting. My grandma's old house in a small town in Missouri that I lived in in the eighth grade. I actually went back there after the Munsters and stayed with her. Uh, I always liked the house, and I always liked the small town living, you know, kind of a balance between Hollywood. The house became available a few years ago. It was in foreclosure and, and uh, vacant for almost five years. We wound up acquiring it. And as I acquired it, my sister, uh, you know, she finally says, oh, you know, my grandma's house was haunted. I said, I never saw anything there. I never heard anything. She said, oh, yeah, she was, you were always outside with grandpa. But... Uh, Grandma and I both saw Miss uh, Miss Ruby was her name, and one thing led to another. So when I was talking to a, a mutual friend of mine, he introduced me to Kevin Harrington uh, from Shark Tank, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. And Kevin introduced me to his production buddy in California, Greg Jung. So they have uh, Jung Guns Entertainment, and one that's one thing led to another. And we met uh, Shavana Avila, Shavon, and she's a medium who lives in Bing Crosby's haunted house out in California. And both of us had, these, had something in common. So we decided to, uh, Fred decided to get together with Kevin and produce a show. And we coined the, the, the term property horrors. And it's about other people who contacted me that follow me on Facebook that have ghost issues. So it's a little bit of ghost hunters. It's a little bit of Andy and Mayberry. It's a little bit of Twilight Zone. You know, it's <laughs> all of the above, paranormal. 
I like to coin the term Eddie Munster meets Eddie Mayberry in the Twilight Zone. Are there people who purchase these homes and they think, we got to get out of here? Yes, very much so. There's a lot of people that, that have issues. and they, they, my, my house is very easy to deal with and they're very benevolent, although we do have occasionally a troublemaker come by because it's built on a vortex. And these uh, and it's kind of like a Grand Central Station, so to speak, or Penn Station of ghost travel. And you still have that house? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, I've owned it a year. Well, how can you sleep at night when there's the Grand Central Station of ghosts coming around? You know, they don't bother me. I don't bother them. <laughs> I, actually have, I, I actually haven't had any issues with it. But after my wedding last month, we had some people over to the house for sort of a mini reception. And a friend of mine from Florida came flying down from upstairs. He was up in the attic bouncing around. And he uh, you know, noticed that there was definitely some the door shut on and the lights went out. And uh, he came down and literally was white as a ghost, no pun intended. Wow. Well, it sounds really great. Is this a show that we're going to be seeing very soon, or are you just in the process of making it now? As you know how Hollywood is, it's considered to be under development, but we do have, we have hammered out the actual premise and the storylines and the backstories of everybody, so it should, it should probably get, get uh, greenlighted here pretty soon. And by the way, I have to ask, did you have a favorite Marilyn on the Monsters? I had a crush on Beverly Owen. I love Pat Priest very much. I'm a good friend, but I had a huge crush on Beverly Owen. And I like to tell people she took me on my first date because she was so sweet. She came down all the way to my house, like 20 miles away, in her little Volkswagen, and drove me back up to Hollywood as we went to see Mary Poppins at Robin Steining Theater together. No kidding. To me, that was as good as the Beatles. Yeah, and what was her reason for leaving the show after the first season? She was in love with a guy back in New York, and she came out to do a pilot and never thought it would, it would you know, become a hit. So she, unfortunately, she sort of got stranded out there. The property horror show, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a hit, but you've also got Butch Patrick's Munster Memories, and that is available, I'm assuming, on Amazon? Uh, it's actually go to Munsters.com. You go to Amazon. Uh, I, I like to sell them through Munsters.com so they get autographed and uh, numbered. There's two, there's two structured sets. There's a, set, there's a bigger set at Amazon, and there's a more personal set through me. And by the way, were you surprised when the Munsters was canceled after two seasons? Because it was just hysterical. No, not really. We kind of saw the writing on the wall as Batman had come on the air, and uh, everybody was going to color, and they were kind of, Fred and Al were tired. They wanted to go back to New York. The show was very difficult on Fred's health. And uh, so it, it, it wasn't a surprise, and everybody was willing to and happy to go their own way. Well, Property Horrors, we're looking forward to that. Butch Patrick's Munster Memories. Butch, it was great to talk to you. It was a pleasure, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in the future. Okay, if it's in Vegas, don't split in. All right. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. Butch Patrick is one of those actors who has come full circle in terms of kind of re-embracing his Munster's past, and he continues to make money off of that brand. And we kind of glossed over it, but I had no idea that Al Lewis, Grandpa Munster, had a Ph.D. in psychology. Well, that is the end of this episode of The Fake Show. Always get updates on future shows on our Fake Show Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show on SoundCloud and get alerts when there are new episodes.